have some gravy in your ear. This is Wavy Gravy, uh, Temple of Accumulated Error and Voice of Woodstock, telling you you are listening to KBOO Portland at 90.7 FM. The 90s are the 60s, standing on your head. Yow! KBOO Community Radio is a proud co-sponsor of the 33rd Annual Cascade Festival of African Films throughout the month of February with a collection of films by African directors from over 16 nations. Films will be screened at Cascade PCC, Hollywood Theater, and virtually. Full schedule and location information can be found at africanfilmfestival.org. That's the 33rd Annual Cascade Festival of African Films showing Africa through African lenses happening February 3rd until Saturday, March 4th in celebration of Black History Month. Full schedule and location information can be found at AfricanFilmFestival.com. Thanks for listening. In honor of World Radio Day, KBOO would like to acknowledge the professional work that goes into our volunteer programming. Our public affairs programs address both the root causes and triggers of conflict while bringing attention to societal inadequacies, structural imbalances, poverty, land disputes, and so much more. Please take a moment to show your support of the power of independent media in Portland by donating. Go online to kboo.fm slash give or text KBOO to 44321. Thank you. I'm here today for the Talking Earth, uh, which will air on um, Monday the 13th. Uh, we're we're here at uh, I mean yes on February thirteenth. I and and Patrick Bucard, my engineer, uh, have somewhat agreed to do a Black Heritage Month. So um, African American History Month. Yeah, what what are you calling it? I'm calling it African American History Month. Okay, you're calling it that. Good, maybe but it's I guess maybe it's that's Black History Month. Well, African American Heritage. Fine, and and I I I, I want to talk a little bit about race, but basically what I want the um, listener to get out of this is um, uh, some of these things are forty or fifty or you know. A hundred years old, and so I want to um, use this as an educational tool. Uh, people like Langston Hughes, Billy Holiday, things you can read. What do we got? You're going to read Ishmael Reed, and uh, I will talk about Ishmael Reed. I'm not going to read him because he is uh, scabrous. It's probably the right way to say that. What does that mean? Uh, it means I don't think I can get away with reading it on air. Yes, you can after 10 no, p.m. No, no, I cannot. Not not unless I read it in its entirety, which oh, we're not going to do. Uh, because well, well, okay, we're, we're not going to disagree here. I, I just, uh, there are some things that's going to happen with what, I, what I'm Ishmael doing. Ishmael Reed and, and Mary Baraka. Well... It doesn't matter, and Walt Curtis, okay? Walt Curtis, yeah. So, to kick this off, um, the great Harry Belafonte was involved. Uh, he brought Miriam McCabe from uh, apartheid in South Africa, and they had a, a lovely friendship, and I, I have them uh, here, and... Uh, I, I think that um, help me is isn't uh, Belafonte still alive? He's but uh, must be ninety or 90, yeah yeah. His voice is changed. Yeah. He has a beautiful voice. But anyway, this um, is an anthem song for the civil rights movement, and um, bless Mortland, Portland. They had a Rosa Parks Day free bus ride uh, two or three days ago. So Rosa Parks uh, helped liberate, uh, what she liberate? She helped liberate? She helped end, end segregation. 
Yes, she did. But she protested uh, separate seating on the buses. Exactly, separate seating on the buses. So TriMet actually did that. So um, this is in that period of time, and it's um, um, kind of an anthem here of Harry Belafonte singing. You'll get it now. Well, uh, the Civil Rights Movement was a huge movement, and uh, when do you think it started? And, uh, and Belafonte uh, was an advisor to Martin Luther King, of course, who was assassinated in Memphis in, uh, uh, oh gosh. 1968, is that correct? You're, you're close, yeah, 1968, we'll say that. Um, um, in the Lorraine Motel, and... Uh, I know a little bit about that story, but um, uh, we'll, we'll get into that. But um, Harry Belafonte has been such a philosopher and of uh, of the movement, and he the the movement for black civil rights, but more than that, for um, acceptance of uh, uh, culture and stuff. So. Um, where do we want to go here? We want to keep going. Uh, I'm going to bring in Langston Hughes here in a minute, but um, you brought... I, I want this program... I want us to be very clear. We're, we're just going to do snippets or songs or pieces of things, but we're going to... I, I hope that I am somewhat of an educator and I'll tell a couple of personal stories, and and so um, uh, that's what I want the listener to take away for Black Heritage Month on okay. KBU. And so, uh, okay. Well, you 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 uh, say where you want to go, maybe. What, well, what what do you want to do, Doc? Uh, so I had the good fortune of. Uh, finding a book at the library called Yellowback Radio Broke Down by Ishmael Reed, yes. who I'd never read before. And this thing is hilarious. And as I might. No, it's at the downtown library. So I got it at the downtown library. Repeat the name again. and, and yeah. Yellowback Radio Broke Down. Yeah, I've heard Ye of it. And Yellowback Radio is the name of the town that. It's like a. It's an African American Western that's like. Uh, supposedly. 
an influence on Blazing Saddles. Oh, oh, really? It's, yeah, Blazing Saddles. Even more sarcastic and uh, scabrous, I think would be the term I would use. Scabrous, yes. Yes, he just goes off on <laughs> everyone. He goes off on, like, uh, you know, people. Well, uh, people, Marxists who, like, supposed Marxists who rip off people. He, he goes off on the Old West. Everything's an anachronism. Like, I got to a point, and I'm still in the middle of it. Like, the, the villain keeps reading about Catherine the Great for some reason. Well, um, Catherine the Great uh, had a lot to do with Russia and Bolsheviks before. Yeah, but it, it doesn't really have much to do with anything, though, as far as I could tell. But I don't know. I haven't finished yet. But John Wesley Harden just showed up to help the villains. And uh, he says, when I was 15, which is about 60 years from now. So in other words, he showed up 60 years before he was born. <laughs> oh, you know, but, but, but novelists and writers and poets are imaginative, okay? Oh, yeah, and it kind of reminds me a little bit of Burroughs, the way he writes. But it's like very, actually is much more plot-driven. And that's at our downtown Portland library. They can find yeah. it. Yeah, they could find it at Powell's too, probably, or another well, bookstore. Well, just Any go to the library. I mean, you don't, you know, we don't have. They may not though. But uh, and the main character is named the Loop Guru Kid. Okay, and he's I, the I know. hero. He's a uh, and obviously Loop Guru is a. He spells it differently, but it's a name for a werewolf. Why? Why do you do a quick paragraph? Uh, oh, I can't. Every right. every paragraph is so like it includes oh, okay, too much stuff. Can, I can't read all that. But I yeah, can, I'm I telling can. you, it's awesome though. You gotta you gotta go borrow or find this book and read it before they take it away. Okay, that's my engineer Patrick Bocard. Ishmael, and, and, Ishmael and, Reed, yellow so radio uh, broke down. Okay, Ishmael Reed and. Uh, and you're also going to do a little bit of a, a, a rib maraca, but uh, I'm. I want you to talk about where we're going. Well, the program is where we're going. We're we're trying to give the listener some educational advice. So yes, and and so um, uh, I had asked you if you'd had any personal encounters. I had uh, some. Uh, Literally, it really helped me. Uh, a grandmother, a black grandmother from uh, uh, North Portland, uh, wanted to get her uh, literacy degree at 85 or something, you know. And it was quite an eye opener. And I, and I, I got very close to her, I thought. And uh, and then there uh, there have been other. Portland is kind of a white bread town. We know that. Yeah. But but, but still, there are people. There are people here, and uh, um, one of the terrible things they did uh, uh, where Emanuel Hospital is, um, it used to be what was called Williams Avenue, and there were, uh, you know, small businesses, uh, African-American businesses, and uh, the Cotton Club, and all kinds of, of, of things like that. And they got wiped out, and they—I mean—they—they they were not. Um, well, yeah, it was urban renewal, wasn't it? Well, it, it wasn't. Well, urban renewal is just a way of of, of obliterating, uh, you know, yeah. the, a well, community. There, there's like a Tower of Power album with a photo of these ruins, and it's it's titled Urban Renewal. Exactly. You know, it, it, the developers take over, and it's happening right but, now but in the, Portland. Yeah, it's happening then, right now in Portland. But often, um, like, they take over, and then they don't do anything with it, which is what happened over there, I believe, right? Uh, yes, indeed, and I was over there. I remember very much uh, the uh, going to some of the cl clubs, and actually we were able to shoot pool, um, a place called the Texas Playhouse, and of course, I believe it was the Cotton Club, and they were all, uh, you know, you're, you're in the record uh, world. Uh, yeah. Um, what, what was his name? Uh, I don't uh, remember Django, his name. Uh, uh, no, not Django, but uh, the... Um, he did a history of the... Oh, the owner, the owner of the... The jazz joint. What was his name? Uh, uh, well, the, the owner of the jazz joint or the owner of the the uh, well, record who, who, the record company or what? Uh, I mean, it's all right. Yeah, now I'm saying his name, but it's Bob Dietschy. Bob Dietschy. You yeah, have yeah, Bob Dietschy did a history of Portland yeah. of Portland uh, uh, African American clubs and, and jazz and and jazz and music. Yeah, yeah. 
That's where I'm, well, I read we, about that. you know, jazz is only jazz is uh, the great contribution that, uh, uh, as far as heritage is from out of slavery and out of New York, well, and, and 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 black people gave us poor uh, honkies. Well, well, first off. Lightly, jazz, we were not going to wear this out. No, jazz is from New Orleans. Well, and New Orleans it. was became black, and, and well, it was I mean, yeah, but like the thing is, is New it, jazz is like the the American contribution to art from the African American yeah. community, yeah, going from, all the way back to slavery. In terms, in terms of musical genres or any, well, kind of genre, I, I, you know, uh, jazz jazz, jazz goes beyond everything. So okay. I'm going to play uh, the voice of Langston Hughes and uh, let's go. Now this is uh, Ku Klux Klan. reading his poems that night in the little theater of the Warden Park Hotel, but at that time in Washington, Colored people could not go to the theaters. This is important. Couldn't buy tickets to the National or anywhere else uh, except theaters in the Negro neighborhoods. And so I couldn't go to hear Rachel Lindsay read his poems. Right. And I didn't know until the next morning uh, what happened at that program. When I got out to the Warden Park Hotel about 7 o'clock the next morning, going to work, the head waiter said to me, there are some reporters uh, waiting for you in the dining room. And I said, reporters waiting for me? What have I done? He said, well, I don't know, but they want to interview you. And so I got into my bus for a uniform and I went in the dining room. Sure enough, there were a couple of reporters and a photographer. And they said, you've been discovered. And I said, what? And they said, why well, don't you know Rachel Lindsay read <laughs> the your great language to very distinguished audience of congressmen and, and the literary people. And he says that you're a fine poet. And he says that he has discovered right here in this hotel a busboy who's working uh, as a busboy, but who is also a very good boy. They said, you're discovered, and we want to write about you. So they interviewed me and found out where I went to school and all sorts of things, what kind of poetry I wrote, and asked me to give them some of the poetry published in the paper. And there appeared in the Washington Star an interview, which I believe was syndicated across the country. My picture holding up a tray of dirty dishes in the middle of the Warden Park dining room was in the paper, and that was my first publicity break. About that time, in Washington, there was held a Ku Klux Klan parade. Down Pennsylvania Avenue, the Klan paraded in white robes and hoods, masks, and I saw this parade myself. I was sort of, well, in a way, moved by it because of course, the Klan had been the organization that, since emancipation, had terrorized the Negro people in the South, and it seemed rather odd to me that they should be parading down the streets of our capital. And so it was around that time that I wrote this poem called Ku Klux Klan. The poem itself is about a problem which is still not solved in the South, the problem of the Negro and the right to vote. There are some portions of our country where if you're colored, you practically take your life in your hands when you want to go to the ballot box. Well, in the poem, this young man, young colored man, is telling about what happened to him when he wanted to vote. It goes like this. They took me out to some lonesome place. They said, do you believe in the great white race? I said, mister, to tell you the truth, I'd believe in anything if you just turn me loose. The white man said, boy, can it be? You are standing there assassin me. They hit me in the head and knocked me down. Then they kicked me on the ground. A clansman said, Nigger, look me in the face and tell me you believe in the great white race. It's a great poem and... Uh... Well, of course, that poem was written long before the war and... Second World before War. Before the war, too help rid the world of that sort of racial supremacy theory. Well, the Nazis. I guess the war helped a little bit, but we still haven't quite gotten rid of some of those kinds of ideas in some portions of our country. 
And maybe the reason the word Mississippi occurs so often in my poems is that to Negroes, Mississippi happens to be one of the states that symbolizes uh, racial bigotry and intolerance and lynching and brutality. Uh, this is a poem called Rowan Hayes Beaten, and it happened that the distinguished Negro singer, famous all over the world, uh, chose to go back to his home state, Georgia, and live for a time in Georgia one day in a small town near the plantation which he had purchased. He went in to buy a pair of shoes and happened to sit down on a bench which the clerk said was reserved for white people, that no Negroes should sit on this bench in this shoe shop or shoe store. And uh, apparently Roland Hayes didn't move fast enough and he was attacked by the shoe clerk and beaten. So I wrote this poem, Roland Hayes Beaten, Georgia, 1942. 1942. Negroes, sweet and docile, meek, humble and kind, Beware the day they change their minds. Wind in the cotton fields, gentle breeze. Beware the hour it uproots trees. I'm gonna. And this is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pause this because uh, uh, you need to know who. You know you need to know about the Harlem Renaissance and uh, Langston Hughes' great book. It was called The Weary Blues, and he actually uh, put it to jazz music, and I had the record. Um, it was, I believe, uh, 1924, and there was also, uh, he was followed by uh, County Cullen, but the Harlem Renaissance happened in that period of time, the 20s and 30s, and you, you really, everyone, who doesn't understand uh, uh, how important the Renaissance was, I was trying to find my, um, uh, the great woman was Nora, Zora Neale Hurston. Hurston. Yeah. And, and you, you need to, there's a name, you, you need to read up on the Harlem Renaissance, and I, I, I'm gonna do a little, little more of, um, I love their eyes, their eyes are watching God. I love that novel. Well, well, t talk about it. Talk about oh, it. Oh, it's a. I mean, I want us to comment. One, here. one of the things that happened though is like it. Uh, she was kind of rediscovered. She kind of fell by the wayside for a while, and then like Alice Walker. Uh, uh, Alice Walker is a great black woman yeah, writer. She's not a member of the Harlem Renaissance. She's no, no, but but I'm but saying she, she Alice Walker about like recovering Zora Neale Hurston's work. But uh, their eyes were watching God. Is it her? Yeah, that's her masterpiece, and that's a. That's she a uh, actually wrote about ha Haiti in that period, which she, she which was just, a black. Uh, the go ahead, she talk was, about her. No, she was like she studied under Franz Boas for anthropology, I believe. Like yes, she was. Yeah, so she kind of did a lot of anthropological studies of Haiti as well, and a bunch of other things. It's very important stuff. Oh, well. oh very important. Uh, let, let's repeat that name. Uh, Zora Neil Hurston. Hurston. Okay, there's a name. The Harlem Renaissance. We have Langston Hughes uh, and... Uh, well, County we, Cullen. Who? Oh, go ahead. Co County uh, Cullen. County Cullen, and... Uh, he has a book called Black Christ, uh, but his, his book, uh, he, you know, and one of the issues was them, this will come up with uh, James Baldwin, uh, uh, Hughes himself was gay, and it's not a big thing. I, I don't think we care about that so much anymore. No. But at the time, James Baldwin was black and gay, and I want to talk about him, and yeah. I yeah, thought I had his voice, but uh, we, I, I, I want, you, you got to read up on the Harlem Renaissance and Langston Hughes, County Cullen, James Baldwin, and, and uh, Zora. Zora Hurston. Zora and let me uh, do a little more of this, and then I'll... Yeah. Uh, okay, let's uh, see if we got this thing straightened out here. Uh, I think we do, I guess. I don't know. I guess we do. Okay. 
in the dark, where there ain't been no light. So, boy, don't you turn back. I'm going to go Bill. back. Here, we'll try again. There are problems of one sort or another. Langston Hughes. But the old problems of Jim Crowism and segregation and terror, they're usually left pretty far behind. You don't find the excesses of race prejudice in northern or western cities. And so, here is a poem about a girl who is graduating in, let's say, in a town like Chicago. The poem is called Graduation. Cinnamon and rayon, jet and coconut eyes, Mary Lulu Jackson moves the skirt at her thighs. Mama, put the oven, brings remainders from the kitchen where the people all are icebergs wrapped in checks and wealthy. Diploma in its new frame. Mary Lulu Jackson, eating chicken, tells her mama she's a typist and the clicking of the keys will spell the name of a job in a fine office. Far removed from basic ovens, cook stoves, and icebergs kitchen. Mama says, praise Jesus, until then I'll bring home chicken. The diploma burst its frame to scatter stardust in their eyes. Mama says, praise Jesus, the colored race will rise. Mama says, praise Jesus. Then, because she's tired, she sighs. Okay, we'll do a little more of this. Many of my poems have been about the problems of working people trying to get ahead in the world. Working people, both white and Negro. The problems of trying to educate your children when you don't have very much money. This one is perhaps the best known of my poems in that manner. It's a poem called Mother to Son. It has been set to music a number of times. Well, Sam, I'll tell you. Life for me ain't been no crystal stair. It's had tacks in it, and splinters, and boards torn up, and places with no carpet on the floor. There. But all the time, I've been a-climbing on, and reaching landings, and turning corners, and sometimes going in the dark, where there ain't been no light. So, boy, don't you turn back. Don't you sit out on the steps, because you find it's kind of hard. Don't you fall now, for I still going, honey. I still climbing. And life for me ain't been no crystal stair. Okay, I... I would like to read you a few of the lyric poems that originally appeared in Fields of Wonder. We'll finish with Langston with this. Uh... I used to wonder about living and dying. I think the difference lies between tears and crying. I used to wonder about here and there. I think the distance is nowhere. Genius Child. This is a song for the genius child. Sing it softly, for the song is wild. Sing it softly as ever you can, lest the song get out of hand. Nobody loves a genius child. Can you love an eagle tame or wild? Wild or tame, can you love a monster of frightening name? Nobody loves a genius child. Kill him and let his soul run wild. Okay. We... And this is almost the shortest poem I ever wrote, a poem called Suicide's Note. The calm, cool face of the river asked me for a kiss. But even shorter than that one is a poem of mine whose title is longer than the poem itself. The title is a little lyric of great importance. And the poem is, I wish the rent was heaven sent. <laughs> okay, so let's, uh, let's uh, go to you for a minute because I need to find something here. But the Harlem Renaissance... And, 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 and now you're going to share a little bit of a, 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 a Maria Baraka, is that correct? Yeah. Amir, Amir Baraka. Uh, he was known that. as Leroy Jones. He was a, uh, a playwright and... Uh, Poet. Uh, I met him, um, met him in person in the Black Panther era, era 
down at the University of Oregon, and he was a short um, man, and on each side of him he had uh, two Black Panther guards. With was that. he was he Mary Baraka by then, or was he? No, Leroy he's Jones? Leroy Jones. The 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 Leroy changing of uh, that's an interesting uh, cultural fact is the changing to all the African American names. When did that happen? I mean, what what would you say? But um, I thought that was the mid '60s for him, but I'm not sure. Uh, well, okay. Well, let's not let's not worry about it. Well, but there, Muhammad uh, Ali did that too. Um, yeah, they all changed their names. So, but Leroy Jones had an incredible career, um, and uh, a lot of it had to do with race and black and white sexuality, and and uh, and really. Uh, uh, Harlem uh, itself has been bought up by uh, um, Yale and Harvard and they have taken all the clubs out and they have more or less uh, bought up the old black community that was in Harlem and uh, New York was founded by the Dutch supposedly and uh, uh, anyway so what what do you want to do here with? Uh, well, you uh, you had this. Uh, yes, marked, I do. Marked up. It was like a. Uh, it's out of a. It looks like it's a poem, but it's out of the oh, story. Oh, take your mask. Take out. your mask down. I can. You're a little mushy. There. No, I can hear it. I am the Charlie Parker bird, the soul of blackness, a tail of fire exploding through space, black and flying tail on fire. Out is my castle. Gone is my name. Who leaves burnt lies beyond the moon? I am from where you are going, and you, who you will be to get there if you don't die. In 2031, Christmas was replaced by Halloween as America's birthday. The jack-o'-lantern and skeleton replaced the star and Christmas tree. The devil became Santa Claus, and death was celebrated instead of birth. Finally, the world had become a great poison cave with skulls and bone crosses piled up to the edge of the polluted, endless twilight horizon. Corpses, which were money. Afro-America slid we blue razor, out we black belt, sharp like streetlight flash in the city's collective eyes, swift and rising in us hand like night black and invisible in a swinging arc of everything over your head, swinging hard and coming down, and where it strike a red star of blood. Beautiful. Do a little more. I mean, uh, uh, he's kinda, a tough poet. The poem ends there. He, I mean, he's, Leroy Jones, Amira he's a, Baraka. He's an amazing reader of his poetry. Yes, he is. And I thought I had his voice, but I don't. So uh, I'm not going to worry about it. What was I going to? Oh, one thing I wanted to say is like, I used to have this poster that had his poem Heathens on it. And uh, there was one, one part of it is, uh, says devil worship is heathen self-respect. Well, he's associated with the town of Newark. Yeah. And uh, he could have probably been the mayor of Newark. No, no, we're not We're not necessarily done with that. No, but the thing I wanted to say about the devil worship being heathen, Go ahead. heathen yeah, self-respect is given that the devil, the guy with two horns and a tail, was really Pan or Dionysus, and... That's a European god as opposed to Jesus, who's African or Asian. I can't remember where. Well, that's we're not going to get Israel into. We're not going to go through Christianity I mean, right now. But my my point being is that of course that's heathen self-respect because they're actually worshiping their worshiping their original god. <laughs> well, it, it, it's a Jew. Uh, uh, um, but uh, also, but the uh, the black church was so important. Uh, to musicians and the gospel and again uh, I want to make my point here that um, the issue is I think race is more about different cultures uh, the difference between uh, let's say the Protestant church or the Unitarians or something and the emotionality and the music, the gospel music and 
Martin Luther King was a preacher and all of that and a teacher. Okay. And 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 so the they uh, it, it, there there will there will be I, I don't know if anyone has attended the uh, Martin Luther King Day uh, uh, celebrations of the churches, but the the black church uh, really led the way. Uh, and Martin Luther King, uh, of course, uh, a real minister, though J. Edgar Hoover, J. Edgar Hoover was uh, brought in COINTELPRO, was a fascist uh, uh, cross-dresser, uh, and uh, the mafia had the goods on him, And uh, but that is still going on, the COINTELPRO, we'll talk about that, but my, my issue is the difference of racial issues or in many ways, cultural, social issues. More, but but the color of the skin allows white supremacists and others to um, uh, carry on with their uh, well BS. You I, know. There's cultural issues, and I don't I. I disagree with you about that. Well, you can disagree that. all you want. I, I, but, I, I'm going to put a little... Di- let, me, let me just say one thing, though. I, well, st- I still not, think yes. uh, white skin privilege definitely exists. Well, of course it does. Yeah, and that's that's like... That doesn't have uh, anything to do with I think white culture. people are from a UFO uh, strain of uh, DNA. Yes. A little music here, and let's get with it. I just got to put in a word for the San Patricios. Which has nothing to do with what we're talking about. And I'm gonna. What do you call it when you skip through it? This is a great Billy Holiday who died of an OD. She couldn't even. I'm going ahead. I want to. No, I don't like that one. Here, here, here's the backup people. Jazz, a little jazz. It was just one of those things. Just one of those crazy flings. One of those bells that now and then rings Just one of those things It was just one of those nights Just one of those fabulous flights A trip to the moon on gossamer wings Just one of those things if we thought a bit of the end of it When we started painting the town We'd have been aware That our love affair was too hot Dear amen Here's hoping we meet now and then It was great fun But it was just Billy Holiday. This is a great backup album. It's called Songs for Disengaged Lovers. Billy Holiday. You say neither and I say neither. Lovely. You say neither and I say neither. Either, either, neither, neither. Let's call the whole thing off. You like potato and I like potato. You like tomato and I like tomato. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. But oh, if we call the whole thing off, then we must part. And oh, if we ever part, then that might break my heart. 
So if you like pajamas, and I like pajamas, I'll wear pajamas and give up pajamas. For we know we need each other, so we better call the calling of all. Let's call the whole thing off. bringing this down uh, because uh, you know we're gonna run out of time on this deal here but uh, I'm going to play uh, one of the uh, Billy Holiday would uh, throw up every time she uh, uh, had to sing this song about lynching uh, in the south but you know in her era as uh, gifted uh, a, a musician, artist, singer as she was, she couldn't go into, uh, things were segregated. She couldn't go in there. And and the uh, the bus, uh, when they went around on the bus and musicians and stuff, they couldn't go into white establishments. They couldn't even use a white bathroom. Yeah. So I, I want people to know that. that It's not a joke. That wasn't long ago. And, and, and the voter suppression and all that is still going on. And, um, but um, uh, uh, tragically, I think, um, uh, I think Billy has a fantastic voice, but I, I want you to listen carefully to uh, uh, Strange Fruit uh, uh, about the lynchings and it, in the South. And they weren't that long ago, to tell you the truth. And in fact, I'm going to bring up uh, about, you know, the, the Ku Klux Klan came into. Um, power in Oregon and about, I think it was about 1924 the problem was they couldn't they didn't know how to rule they did a bunch of clumsy stupid things but they did uh, in Portland they got uh, uh, Mayor Baker to pose with the Claxon the Klan it's an uh, Oregon historical um, uh, a library issue uh, I mean Oregon historical quarterly issue in the library um, go to the library, but you know I want the Klan in Oregon was so inept, and yet they they tried to uh, castrate somebody, and uh, uh, you know it, it's um, I I just don't think that we Anglo's and I am Caucasian and I do have white privilege. Uh, I think that um, my people were immigrants, they were poor, we came out of the Great Depression, I'm not saying we were rich or anything like that, but the point is that we did not have to suffer at that, that level. Uh, okay, uh, Billy Holiday used to throw up when she when she did this stomp, uh, here, come on.
crystal scene of the gallant south, the bulging eyes and the twisted mouth set of magnolia. Uh, you know, there's a funny take on it. And um, one of the really great movies that I that I highly recommend uh, uh, is uh, uh, "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?" Oh yeah. And and what's his name? The leading. Um, uh, the, it's a totally a takeoff on Ulysses, but. George Clooney is that who you're talking about? Or? Yeah, Clooney, George Clooney, and and then uh, John Goodman is, is in there. So rent that from. Uh, and actually, there are some terrifying scenes yeah, about Rob the Klan. Yeah, well, Robert Johnson gets away. Well, he's the other Robert Johnson, though. Uh, <laughs> confuse them more uh, <laughs> there's a Robert Johnson who plays guitar who does the blues and he sold uh, I, I, I know I know there is a Robert no, Johnson in the, in the movie in the movie there's a Robert Johnson who... well a anyway the point is um, it's a very interesting movie and it, it, it supposedly takes off on uh, the story of Ulysses etc yeah, but I, I, I really think it rises to a real art form. Uh, I, the New York Times obituary, um, Sidney Portier just died. So what, what was he in? Uh, 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 the actor, the black actor. A lot of stuff. A lot of, but what was the early one? You know, um, the, um, oh, anyway, let's, no, no. Guess who's coming to dinner? Uh, well, yeah, that's... There's like a bunch of... There's a whole bunch of movies. I'm not sure well, which one Well, and, and, anyway, um, I, I'd like you to read something. See, we're already getting to the end of the program, but mm -hmm. I, I... Let's... We haven't really talked about Toni Morrison, um, The Color Purple... We talked about Alice Walker a little bit. Well, hardly at all. Alice Walker is a huge, uh, a huge force in the world. Yeah. And and. Um, so was Toni Morrison. And Toni Morrison and 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 I'm going to say Angela Davis, and I can't find the tape. Uh, KBOO Radio respect them very much, and 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 and, and then, but I I, I want to end. Struggling here, but I want to let's get some more things going here. Uh, one one thing I wanted to bring out, and I'm I'm making my point that race is a lot. The human animal, as Mark Twain said, uh, uh, blushes is the only animal that blushes and needs to. Um, one of the um, 
strange things for me is a, a lot of, um, it, it, and it's really true stuff, when the Civil War really started happening and down south there and, you know, John Brown's body and uh, lying in the grave and all, all this kind of stuff, the um, um, Mark Twain went to Virginia City. Went to Virginia City and he, he uh, people who came really west, and there were many uh, black frontiersmen who came out here, they, they didn't have to put up with uh, um, um, the, the southern problems that were, and, and it, that went on years later, I mean, a lot, lot years later. As I say, lynchings were nothing new. I There was, uh, and... Uh, a, 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 a terrible thing. I I want to end uh, sort of strongly here, but I grew up in Oregon City, and um, uh, there were many black... The culture in Oregon City, redneck at that time in the 50s, was uh, hunting and fishing, and, and they ran a hog line across the river, but salmon fishing when the the runs came up the river, and uh, um, David Hedges, the poet, um, the Hedges family, they the the Hedges Cemetery there. Uh, the, it's a long history there, and it was saved. Uh, Metro, uh, in their benign wisdom, saved it, but uh, with the Grand Ronde tribe, the power of the tribes, but the. Uh, what what I'm trying to say is that uh, um, there were a bunch of African American, yes, uh, hunters and fishermen, and they were respected by people. When I grew up in Oregon City, I mean, it's disgusting to me. Uh, a phrase that I got, uh, fortunately, my brain worked a little more uh, on the society and 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 in school. Uh, the phrase was, I'm free, white, and 21. I am free, white, and 21. And that shows you that actually the uh, Oregon country, the exclusionary laws, you, the, uh, uh, African Americans could stay here for four or five days, and then they, had, then they would be expelled. They went to Washington State. There was, uh, I'm try, trying to think, there was a mayor in Washington State who was black. And, and you know, I, I noticed uh, the Oregonian article, uh, bless them, uh, uh, about a black uh, a kind of pioneer on the coast. But one of the strange things is that uh, in the Southland, the intertwining of um, uh, family history and and uh, I, I think I think Southerners. They made a lot of money. Slaves were worth $150 each, and actually, in here, uh, Ralph Friedman, uh, Abigail Scott Dunn, they were worth more than that. The great Thomas Jefferson, uh, at the age of 69 or 70, fell in love with Sally Hemings, uh, one of the uh, black slaves on the Monticello, um, uh, plantation, which was quite enlightened in many ways. But he still didn't free her. Uh, well, w wait, wait a minute. He, he 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 was broke, but he didn't free her. But but he loved her, and the cemetery would not in the Jefferson Cemetery they would not put the two children they had together. They had two children, yeah, at least. And she had said at seventeen years old, she said. I, I want my son's free. He took her to Paris. Uh, he he really did love her, and uh, it was quite almost a scandal at the time that that uh, Jefferson um, uh, was cohabitating, you know, and Monticello was. Uh, uh, but you know, I I learned the economics of it a little bit, and I did not realize this. Uh, the Open Veins of America by Edward Galliano and others. The South 
with slavery as workers, there should be reparations for many of these people yeah. uh, that uh, their families were put under slavery four centuries of slavery, but there should be reparations and more than that, uh, a lot of respect because they build up the country, but the deal is uh, a slave was more valuable than anyone else at the time and the cotton industry in the South, I the soundbite is I heard on uh, Democracy Now! and I I recommend you go there for some of these, Google some of these names, uh, Toni Morrison, The Color Purple, etc., uh, of the great book Invisible Man by Ralph, Ralph Ellison. Uh, let's keep going here, and then I, I even got to James Baldwin here. But what I, what I want to say is that, yeah, uh, Jefferson felt that he economically couldn't he was damn near broke, you know? And uh, Lewis and Clark Exposition, they had, uh, um, I think, Clark's um, um, uh, whatever, servant or whatever, was York. And his skin was black, and he came out. He was a sensation among the Native Americans on the West Coast. But they, they, they came... Many people got away from that overt racism in Alabama and Georgia and Mississippi. And um, so we did Strange Fruit. Uh, I, I actually, it's very painful material. So Walt? No, we, we've got, what, five minutes? We got no minutes. Oh, come on. We're not done yet, are we? Yeah, yeah we have no minutes. Well, we, we have to mention the name James Baldwin. All right. We mentioned James Baldwin. And, and we, need to play, we need to play some the, music here the, at the end. The fire next time, then go tell it on the mountain. Fire in the mountain. Well, well go tell it the fire next time. No name in the streets. Uh, James Baldwin. Uh, many of the jazz folks, uh, they had to... We'll go out with Chuck Berry here. You cut something. We're gonna go out with, with. Um, we're gonna go out with 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 Chuck Berry, but but you know what? We didn't bring up James Baldwin. Uh, James Baldwin was. James Baldwin was. Come on. There's Chuck Berry, black. We've got B.B. King, we've got all these, the music. Uh, but more than that, what I wanted to say was that... Come on up to me, baby. Make me shake and shout, shout. Come on up to me, baby. Make me move about. Come on up to me, The assassination of Lincoln was a total conspiracy. The assassination of Lincoln was a total conspiracy. And 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 Talking Earth. What? You've been listening to Talking Earth. Well, we're we're not done. So Gabriel Borland, we are done. Uh, we have well, no, well, no well, well. I uh, hold on. I I want them to go to James Baldwin. Uh, he was gay and black, and uh, uh, he went to Europe. Many of uh, the blacks in the early days in the twenties. They went to Europe. All the jazz men went to Europe. They were famous in Europe first. Claude McKay and and uh, uh, it's called the Queen of Bohemia. Uh, uh, John Reed's uh, find the Queen of Bo Bohemia. John Reed and come on, what's Louise Bryant? Okay. Okay, we can't get into all this, but I I, I want you to. Here, we're going to... We'll, we'll get out. We're done, I guess. Not done. Go have, get, no an e get an education. We have no minutes. Well, this is Gabriel you're going to have to edit it. Sorry. This is Gabriel Portland, 90.7 FM dials, Stalking Earth. You have no minutes. Hi. 
I'm Queen Ida, and you're listening to KBOO Portland, 90.7 FM on the radio. Your spot for Cajun and Zydeco music. Bon ton roulette. Okay, let's go. 